0: hey welcome to our podcast taco tuesday with tim goes online i'm alana becker and i'm here with tim mangler hey tim hey alana how's it going
1: well you know i think we're all grieving we've got a pretty pretty heavy subject to talk about today
0: yeah there's a lot that's been going on that has been um i think it's good that it's being brought up but it's 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 time it's time for sure uh to start sharing in in the grief that the black community that's been going through. And, uh, even as we meet today, we just, I know we want to say that we're just coming with humility and grace that we don't have answers. We don't think we do. And we know we have blind spots. And, um, if there's things that we say today that, uh, that show those blind spots, we want to hear them. We want to know them. I think right now in this season, accountability is so important. I think that that's what really is going on is, is that we're starting to hear that um, we really need to be accountable to how we've been treating the black community. And uh, we, we definitely want to hear those things. So please reach out. Um, but we do, we do want to speak to our white brothers and sisters and we want to take the time to share things. Uh, share things that have been on our hearts, things that we've been hearing would be beneficial and helpful uh to do and to really take a a look at where we're at with this and uh if there there are things in us that we can be doing better we wanna we wanna just keep that conversation going and and in all this even, even as we share, as we speak, I know our hearts are grieving as we're watching our, um, our black friends, our black brothers and sisters, uh, um, suffer and what's been happening to them. Um, and, and too, I know like anything that we talk about, it's not going to be exhaustive. It's not, it's not an endless, this is just a, let's try and keep this conversation going and, and seeing what we can do. And, and Tim, I, I appreciate your heart in, in this and, uh, where Where would you even say what would you want to share? Where would you say to begin in in this in in what's happening and what's going on what's been going on for so so long that has been left unaddressed
1: Yeah, um I want to reiterate what you said. our hearts are grieving with our black brothers and sisters, and you know these conversations are long overdue, uh, and today's conversation for us will be a lot more raw and edgy and honest than, than what we normally do. But yeah, I honestly, I think the place that we need to start is to admit that we don't understand. Yeah. You no, know, I, I attended the black lives matter protest here in our town uh, yesterday and I saw someone that had a sign that said, I understand that I don't understand, but I stand with you. And I thought, man, that's a great, that's a great, Way mm-hmm. to begin this thing is to admit that that we don't understand. We don't know what it is to have to live a black life. We don't we, we we can't understand the black experience in in America, and what that's like for them. And it's not just the experience that's been happening, you know, recently, but over hundreds of years actually.
0: Yeah. So
1: yeah. we have to start by admitting that we don't understand. And um, one of one of my favorite. Proverbs says there's a Proverbs 132 says for the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them.
0: Mm.
1: And I think that's a word for us in this time. We, I don't want to be counted among the simple.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't want to be counted among the complacent. Yeah. And so in this situation, I think we've got to start by admitting that we don't understand and that we, we need to gain understanding, we need to gain wisdom. We, we can't give in to uh, just emotionalism or just you know a hot flash reply to something. We need to gain deep understanding of what our black brothers and sisters are going through to the extent that we're able and we need to not be complacent uh, or, or ultimately we'll be destroyed as a society, if, if we don't press in to gain understanding and wisdom. But while we admit that we don't understand, the one thing that we can say for sure is that there is a problem of systemic and systematic racism yeah. in our, in our society, in our culture. And uh, that's what we want to address. That's what we need to deal with. And that's, we need to gain understanding um, as best we can. Why? why it's still here and and how that affects their black community and 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 boy like how is this still an issue in the year 2020 so we need to start by gaining understanding yeah and i I think that kind of leads to what what i would have as my second thought then if we're going to gain understanding we need to listen better yeah If we don't understand we need to listen better we need to listen to our black community um our brothers and sisters and our friends um
0: yeah so often like i remember hearing this thing once and it it really changed how i did conversation or how i was trying to do conversation and the statement was so often we listen to respond instead of listen to understand, and yeah. I think that that's important always. But in especially right now, when we're we we have to understand that we don't understand. We have to like lay down that pride. I think so often we we pride ourselves in our knowledge and what we know. And right now we have to come to grips with we don't. We really don't. Right. Right. And listen to understand, not listen to come up with a reply. But like you say, we can't fully understand, but listen to the extent that we can.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. I, that's great. Uh, we, we've got to listen. Ask better questions uh, when we need to, when, when, when we still feel like we're missing it. Ask better questions. And honestly, this, this idea of listening well is kind of lost in our society right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and i think that i don't want to want to bash social media but i think social media lends itself a little bit to that because if you're just posting comments on somebody's thread you're not really listening yeah you're, you're not there in person you're not seeing their facial reaction you're not seeing their body language you're not hearing their tone of voice you know you're not seeing their hand gestures and so you're not listening Because when we listen well, we're listening and we're observing all of these other things like their body language and their tone of voice. And so, so much of our interaction as a culture and society has become online in some form or another, but it just doesn't lend itself well to listening. And so as, as we listen to, I think we need to have a lot of sit down conversations with people at at the same at the same time in the same room at the same place.
0: Yeah. I mean at the same time too I've heard that like it's not the black community's job to educate us. Like there's plenty of resources out there right now to be educated, but when it comes to building relationship I think yeah, like build relationship and find out how people really are doing. Don't just like brush it off. Like be be with them, be you know, like really caring and you know, let them, let them share as much as they, you know, they're comfortable and want to.
1: Right. And yeah.
0: Listening ear for that.
1: Yeah. And that's a good point that you made. It's not the black community's job to educate us. You know, um, research is history has been written. Yeah. You know, and we,
0: there's a lot of it.
1: We can read, we can read history. Uh, I've been finding myself really wanting to, I've heard about some books written by Nelson Mandela and I've been finding myself wanting to get a hold of those and, and reading them. Here's another proverb that I want to mention as we talk about listening. This is, this is one, again, one of my favorite proverbs. Go to 18, Proverbs 18, 17, the first to present his case seems right till another comes forward and questions him. And that's like our society in a nutshell. Everyone presents their point of view, their opinion, and they do it as if they're absolutely right. This is gospel truth because I said it. But then the second half of that proverb is till another comes forward and questions him. And you'll see this all the time on, on an online thread, online uh, communication. One person will say something your reading, and you're reading you're like, yeah, I agree with that. And then you'll see somebody come and put a counterpoint and you're like, oh, yeah, that's really good. And that lends itself to this idea of we have to listen well. Um, we can't assume what we say is right. And even we can't assume what somebody else says is right. Until we've heard the counter perspective, and that comes through listening well.
0: Yeah, and I think like even as you were talking about like we need to ask more questions. I think that that's where where understanding comes because how often how often when someone says something point blank, you fully understand everything about the nuance of their meaning. You know, it's when you ask questions and you go deeper. That you find out really what's being said. Like you can get a, a gist, maybe, but to really fully understand someone and what they're saying and their point of view, it takes questions and time and care.
1: Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. That's good.
0: So, what else then? After we've we've listened, what what else are you thinking um, is important?
1: You know, I think repenting. Yeah honestly um we need to repent we need to repent before the lord we need to repent before our black brothers and sisters
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um too little has been done for too long uh the church has done too little um even our tone deafness is a is a form of racism
0: yeah
1: and you know honestly we just need we just need to repent uh and just be honest before them and say hey i'm sorry that i i haven't I haven't done more. I haven't listened better. Yeah. You know, we can't bear all the blame and it's not necessarily all anyone individual's responsibility, but there is this place of repentance of bringing about reconciliation. And that's ultimately what we need right now is reconciliation.
0: Yeah. But I think it's like, it is our responsibility to all find out where we're at, you know, like what prejudices might be in our mind. Cause I know, um, just, just recently, I I've, I've started realizing and starting to really think through and re-listen in my mind, replay in my memory things that were said in my childhood. You know, at an impressionable age, what was said to me about the black community that um, might still be shaping some of the things I I think about, um, and and realizing. Just how many, how many of these statements, how many racist statements I heard as a kid not having the, the understanding and capacity to refute those then and, and learning how to now try and combat those with truth and, and really call them out for the racial comments and statements that they were and really repent and like that turnaround, that repentance of turning around and changing your mindset.
1: Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I think that applies to so many of us. We we probably grew up in a family or a culture, a community. Uh, I mean, I grew up in the '60s and '70s, and so there was different views, different opinions, different ways of thinking about things, and that shaped our worldview uh, toward the black community and um, just a lot of ways that we do culture and society. And as we would look at those now, we would say, "Hey, that that probably shaped me in a way that I no longer agree with." And so I can repent that, that those prejudices shaped me and formed me and how I interacted for too long and maybe still are. And so there's a real place to repent for, um, things that influenced us from early on in life.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. What, after, after like we go through repentance, what, what would you, where would you go next with that?
1: Yeah, you know, I think we start with understanding, and then you know, listening better and repenting, and and now it's gotta it's gotta switch gears a little bit and become more active. Like, sure. you know, we've got to step into this a little bit. Um, and honestly, just a really really blunt one is we can't be silent anymore, especially yeah. when we see you know racism right in front of us. Um, we just can't be silent on this one anymore. We we can't pretend like that didn't happen. Um, even just today, I, I had an unfortunate interaction with somebody that that I've known for a while, and the person just made a really, really tone deaf comment, and uh, I had to deal with it. I just, I had to confront that. Uh, it's just not okay to let those things slide anymore. So, uh, we got to step into a little bit of activism in in just not remaining silent anymore.
0: Yeah, definitely definitely there's i i have this t- unless i feel like i i like i know this is the right thing to do so i'll do it and i i think it's i'm starting to have this battle within myself to start to start speaking to not remain silent and learn if what i'm saying is wrong and to receive that, you know, yeah. Criticism, which, yeah. No
1: longer remaining silence also going to require some courage, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which
0: I think then, you know, it's important. It's important when you make a mistake not to be offended in that process.
1: Yeah. And th- that's another huge one. We can't be offended in, in, in any of this. Um, and, and these days, you know, people are offended by everything. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, a feather blows through the air and someone's offended by that. We can't be offended. If we're going to listen well toward a better understanding, then we can't be offended by what they say. Right. Like if we're committing to listening well, to gain understanding, we've got to let whoever it is, but in this case, the black community, we've got to let them say what they need to say and not be offended by it. If it rubs up against some of our white culture.
0: For sure. And just you know, even as you're saying this, I just want to reiterate that this, this podcast, this time is we're really trying to focus on speaking to our white brothers and sisters. We're not telling our black brothers and sisters to not be offended. We're saying as, as the white community, we need to not be offended.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. You know, again, yesterday I was at the Black Lives Matter protest and it was kind of over and we were all just walking back to where the protest had, had originated. And I had some really positive conversations along the way and I, I had, A brief conversation with with a young black lady. It was really inflammatory. She made some really, really inflammatory comments. And I just, I had to choose not to be offended. I just had to be okay with it uh, because I knew and I could feel and sense and understand the pain that she was feeling. And so I'm just not going to be offended by that comment. I'm just going to understand the pain. I'm going to hear the pain and what they say. And again, that's a lost art in our community too, or in our day. When people say things, often it's it's just the facade, it's the mask to, to deep pain. And I think that's so important for us right now is to feel and hear their pain. Anger sure. comes from pain, and there's a lot of pent up pain in this. And it's not just, you know, the pain of the events in this week or last week or last no. year. This is this is pent up pain that's been going on for hundreds of years, yeah, and and we can't dismiss that. We've got to hear the pain in their comments and and
0: and not be offended. Yeah, for sure. And and within that, like, what would you say? Like, really would help us to like moving forward like in in this process because like you say this isn't pent up from a day a week a year this is you know generations of of pain where where do we go continuing moving forward
1: yeah i mean i wow that's a big question um obviously we've got to understand some history we've got to understand american history you know my wife is a is a history teacher and she just made the comment tonight she's like you know i'm just starting to see history through a whole different lens Mm. um and you know i guess you teach us history so we've got to make ourselves aware of some of the history and where all this pain is coming from and and its origins and then, at the same time, we kind of have to root that pain into the day and age that we live in. And I think the way you do through do that is just through relationships.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um I think we need to develop deep relationships um, i don't I don't even like i'm I'm at such a loss for words, but w- we have to develop deep relationships with with our 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 black friends and brothers and sisters and and sadly, so often that just doesn't happen. But um I'm fortunate enough to to have some some really good black friends both here and around the world that um, that I can call really good friends. And and we just gotta sit and listen and learn from them and and develop that relationship. It becomes really hard to ignore racism when it's a really good friend that's affected.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If it's just something you're seeing on the TV it's easy to dismiss it. If it's something that you're reading about on the newspaper or you're just hearing about over there, It can be really easy to dismiss that. But when you've got really, really deep friends that you love dearly and they're experiencing this firsthand, they are being affected by racism firsthand. Now it becomes an issue that, that I need to be involved with because I've got this deep relationship with them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Just as, as you say that, like, um, I just, I just think of this, this uh, one of my black students that I've had, and and how they didn't feel comfortable, um, feel safe going to just the rallies and the protests, and just t- when you hear that, and it's someone you deeply, deeply love, it, 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 um, it hits so close because you, you don't want them to get hurt, you, but you don't want them to live in a world where they don't, don't feel like they can, you know stand up and fight for other people either and I mean not that that came out a little bit wrong I think um like to stand up and fight for for their community like this student shouldn't feel like that they can't support the Black Lives Matter movement and that these protests but they do and um it just you know, you just love these, these, these people, you, you oh, it's like, you, I have no words, yeah. and I think that yeah. that's kind of okay, and I think that's the point, Right. is that when it's somebody you love, you, it's, it becomes like your heart is bleeding, in um, yeah, and I think, I think it's okay when you don't have words, too, when it's just your heartbeat and your heart and your love goes out to them.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, last, last Sunday, uh, that was kind of the day when things really began to escalate with this whole thing. And uh, I've got a number of, of black pastor friends and Sunday morning, I just got up early and and I grabbed my phone and uh, every one of those black pastor friends that I had a cell phone number for, I just texted them I love you. And that was it. Um because I just I felt their pain and I felt their grieving, but I needed them to know that that I cared about them and that I stand with them. And so it was just a simple message of I love you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Tim. Is, was, there, was there anything else you wanted to add to this?
1: You know, I, I think, yeah, my one, my one final thought was, boy, we got to stay connected to Jesus. Yeah. Right? He's the answer to all of this. Um, Jesus, you know, if you go back in Scripture to the Tower of Babel, perhaps you you see humanity divided at that point. But at the cross of Jesus and in the coming of the Holy Spirit, on the day of Pentecost, his work was to undo all of that. I love it. When you re- when you read the account of Pentecost in the book of Acts, it said that every nation was gathered in Jerusalem that day. Mm. How good in God's mercy and grace that on the day that he sent the Holy Spirit, every nation on earth happened to be in Jerusalem for that, for that moment. And so we've got to stay deeply connected to Jesus and the Holy Spirit because he's the answer to all of this. But we also can't just say that as a platitude, like we can't just be like, Hey, you know, Jesus has got this. Um, As I mentioned earlier, there's got to be some, some action on our part as well. But I think we also need to make sure that our theology is accurate to who God is and not some American ideology. And I'm not just saying that here and now you've known me for a long time, One of my key phrases that I use all the time is we can't confuse our patriotism with our theology, which unfortunately we sadly do. We try to use Christianity as a way of perpetuating a way of life. And that's not what Jesus came to do. And so we need to make sure that we stay connected to Jesus, but that we keep a theology that is connected to the person and the character of God and who he is rooted in the scriptures which are clearly from cover to cover that the kingdom of God is for every tribe and every tongue and that there's no room for racism in this place anywhere. Um, and so we got to stay connected to Jesus, but with, with good sound uh, biblical theology. And of course, pray Boy, we we, we got to pray. We got to pray that God will intervene in this. We got to pray that God will give us the courage to be, to be change agents. Uh, And we need to pray with our black brothers and sisters as well as with our Latino and Asian. Uh, But we've got to pray with them. We can't just huddle in our own corner and and pray, Oh God, fix this. You know, here in our church for tomorrow night, we've got a a joint prayer meeting plan with, with one of my black pastor friends. Mm
0: -hmm. We've got
1: to pray with them in unity that that there would be an end to this, you know, ultimately this is probably a whole nother podcast, but ultimately we're dealing with a satanic issue here, right? The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he is the one that wants to rip us apart and divide. And so ultimately racism is rooted in a demonic force. And so as we pray together in unity, we're also praying against the work of the devil and inviting the kingdom of God to come and to end this, this evil work.
0: Yeah, for sure. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, and to not, to, to not stop. Cause I've, I've been hearing too, this is as it's not been, we're not talking about something that happened yesterday or last week or last year. We're talking about something that's been going on for a long time. This isn't going to just end in, in a day or a month or a year necessarily, you know, like it's a, it's a keep going to keep going and persevere and, and love really well for the rest of forever.
1: Yeah, that's a great point, Alana, because from our perspective as as white people, we could grow weary. We could grow weary of the fight and we could grow weary of doing good. And so we'd have the option of quitting, but our black brothers and sisters, they don't have that option. They don't get to quit. They don't be like, okay, I'm done with racism. It's too hard for me, I quit. They don't get that option. They are stuck living under that every single day and there's no out there's there's no quit button so we have to make sure that that we that we persevere and go along with them in this because if they don't get to quit we don't get to quit no one gets to quit in this until until it's either we're all in heaven with jesus or there's an end to this and there's finally reconciliation
0: yeah well thanks tim Thanks for taking the time and sharing your heart and some things we can do in challenging us to, to get right before God and right before our um, Black brothers and sisters. And thank you to everyone else who joined us for Taco Tuesday with Tim Goes Online. And we uh, can't wait to talk with you all and share with you all and hope you join us again soon.